It's a really funny video until you have a toddler <laughs> that acts just like this. Well, my name's Colton. I am so glad that you're here today, that you came to join a, a group of people that are uh, just seeking to be a relevant church that is not made up of four walls, but made up of people in those that, four walls. These people aren't perfect. These people, we all understand that we have problems and we have issues and we have things that cause us uh, to fall short. And we try to be better by following Christ. If you have your uh, Bibles, iPads, uh, iPhones, whatever you have, if you want to turn in your... uh, there to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We will be there in a little bit. Uh, that's where we're going to be today. Uh, get to go over uh, some scripture that is very sharp and very pointed. So here's your chance. You can leave if you want. One, two, three. Okay, you're, you're stuck. So uh, good luck. Uh, if you want to just pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for bringing us all here, Lord, that we, can, uh, that we are seeking you. Lord, I pray that uh, we can focus on your words today that we're going to read and that we can uh, directly relate them to our life and that we can apply them to make them make us a better person. Lord, I just pray that we can be more like your son, Jesus, that we can just push him wherever we go. And in your name, amen. So like I said, if this is your first time at Connection, I am so glad you're here, came to join us in a, in a service that we are uh, just trying to reach people where they're at. So here at Connection, on the four Sundays, we do what we call Touch Someone's Life Gift. You heard Matt kind of touch on it. But what that is, is that we strive here at Connection to collect pennies, dimes, nickels, quarters, and just put them in pot, in bags. So most places, most churches go around. They have offering plates, and uh, we pa- they pass offering plates. Well, we don't really pass an offering plate. We don't do it. We don't, we don't collect a like we don't pass a plate to collect an offering. We have what we call a push pay or a box in the back that for our regular tenders that uh, that are led to give to us. But for this, we pass we pass what we call well, we have popcorn bags because you know we have a lot of popcorn bags. And uh, so we get we get to go and pass these bags around, and that you'll see that they when these people come up to pass them, that they will go and they'll, they'll get filled with change, with dollars, and they will go back and count them, and they'll bring them back out here, and we'll give them out at the end of service to a couple people, one, two people, uh, depending on how much there is in the bags, to just go out and give away to somebody in our community. We we strive to connect with people. Through something that is relevant. And what's more relevant than money right now? Right? Everybody's after it. it. It's root of all evil, but it's at the same time, it's a way that we can connect with uh, someone really easily. But here at Connection, we also strive not to get in God's way of something bigger than us. So if this... If you need the $10, if you need a couple dollars just to get the gas money to go back... To uh, maybe you drove from the other side of Wayne City and you need gas to make it back home, 
or maybe you drove from Woodlawn and you need the gas to get back home, or maybe you need $10 to uh, be able to finish a bill, paying off a bill that you have. We don't want to stand in your way, and we want you to, if you really truly need that, to reach into that bag and gra- grab that, and because God is bigger than us. His, his plan is bigger than what we have and what our minds can wrap around. So if you are collecting that, could you come up and uh, start passing? But this video that we were just watching up here, I, think I kind of want to talk about it. Uh, like I said, it's really funny. Uh, we were, so I used to find the video extremely funny. Uh, our former pastor, uh, Mike, had played it once before and for one of his sermons. And, you know, I found it hilarious because, you know, I didn't have a kid at that point, you know. But now I have a two-year-old that is very strong-willed and very much defiant. So we get to see this, this kid argue with his mom about being in charge, being the boss, being knowing everything. And it's my everyday life. So I don't laugh at it nearly as much. Still funny, but... So, but my daughter, Cade, uh, my two-year-old, uh, is just like the boy in the video. She knows it all, and she's going to tell you that she knows it all, and she's going to argue with you until you understand that she knows it all. So, just a few days ago, we were, uh, it was just me and Cade, and uh, we were trying to get out of the house to go somewhere. I forget where we were going, but we were kind of in a hurry, right? So... I told Kay to go get her shoes on while I was finishing getting my shoes on. She went to go get them on. They have ties, right? They have, they have shoelaces. And I probably should have thought about this before I told her to go put those shoes on. But that's what I did. So she, put, she goes, puts them on. And she sits down, you know, grabs, grabs the laces, like tries to tie them, looks at them. So I go, hey, you, you want me to help you? And she goes, you, know you know what I get? No! I do it myself. So, you know, being the great parent that I am, I let her fail for a little while. Just, just let her keep going for a little while. But it really frustrates me. You know, I'm in a hurry. I, I want to get going. I want to move. I want to get, like, I live right here by the church, so it's like 10 minutes. It's 10 minutes in the town. Uh, so no matter where we're going, if I'm running late, it's, I got to have at least 10 minutes to get to town. So with that, her arguing with me about putting letting me tie her shoes drives me nuts so I get let her let her go for a minute or so and then I I try to go again try to ask her again and you know what I get the same response every time until I finally have to get frustrated with her and get a little loud and because I'm not perfect I'm not I don't have a perfect attitude all the time I get I get aggravated I get I get irritated and so I finally get her shoes tied, and then you have something like we're going to talk about today, and God talks to me and goes, should you have acted that way? Should you have gotten frustrated? Because you do this to me all the time, right? I might not hear an audible voice, but when I read a passage like we're going to read today, is a smack in the face. 
But I have to explain to her ten times that doing the same thing over and over is trying to tie her shoe is not going to work. But I have to let somebody older do it. She's two years old. She's not supposed to know how to tie her shoes yet. But God does this to me and tells me, hey, you need to go here. You need to push yourself to go here. And I say, no, I know better, God. I am right. I, I am not going there because that's not the right way. Like the, My plans for my life is this way and not this way. So you can just hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out later, right? Because I know better than God. And when we, we say that, do we realize what we're saying and who we're saying it to? The guy that literally spoke creation into existence I'm telling you that I know better. Leads me to your first blank in your worship handout. If you have, you probably got handed one of these as you came in today. And this little piece of paper is folded. If you open it up to the middle, there is some blanks. Uh, if you don't have a pen, there are some pens out on the table in the middle. Go, feel free to go get them. There's quite a few blanks today, so we're going to uh, be filling in a lot. So, are you growing in your spiritual walk? Just start out swinging, right? Because I want you guys all to be in the boat that I've been in for the last few weeks, trying to study this scripture and write this sermon and being able to get to where God wants me. So, where is your walk? It's not easy to ask yourself. It wasn't for me. And you're probably thinking, yeah, right. Especially if you you don't know me real well. Uh, Yeah, right, because... You're an intern pastor. You'd have to be growing. You're, you're, you're part of the leadership of the church. You, you have to be growing, right? Well, I want to be real with you. I'm, I told you that we're a relevant church that is trying to just meet people where, they're all, where they are. Well, this is where I am. I struggle with this a lot, asking my question, am I moving forward or am I just staying still and being comfortable? Am I staying in my hula hoop that's the size of a Cheerio Or am I stepping out in faith with God? It's not something easy to ask. It's not something fun to ask. I struggle with this. So when I ask, are you growing? Don't think for a second that I'm not there with you. I'm not asking that same question to myself. Just like the little boy in the video, uh, we want to argue with God and that we think we know best and that we can tell God what to do and that we're going to do what we want to do and that's how we're going to grow. It just doesn't work that way. And we wonder why this world is going the way it's going is because we like to know best. We like to be in charge. We like to tell God how how we're going to do it instead of God letting, teaching us to be better people. We're going to look at a scripture today that we see Paul, a guy that is after God's heart, that wasn't always a perfect guy, but is truly seeking God. And we're going to see him have a conversation with a group of people that at that's at a church in Corinth that he helped start. 
And it's not going to be an easy conversation. It's very, very sharp, very to the point. It's going to be not a pleasant situation for them. It's not going to be easy for them to hear about what he wants from them. But let's look at uh, verse 1, chapter 3 of verse Corinthians. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as I would spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to the world, as though you were infants in Christ. So Paul's here, like the first two chapters, he really uh, focuses on uh, the people of Corinth and what their understanding of wisdom is and how, how they need to grow and they need to, uh, start being, need to start understanding what God has for them and what God's plan is. And then he leads in with this. I mean, this is not this... This book would have been, when they were reading it, it would have been like a scroll. It would have brought to it. It wouldn't have been read chapter by chapter or verse by verse. It wasn't broken up like that. It was just written down on a piece of paper, and they were just read, read right through it. So this was pretty quickly into the, this letter. They're sitting in front of all the church, and this is what he says. You're still a baby. You're acting like babies. You are, you are not growing at all, and I can't. It was the same when I was there. You were still infants, and you haven't grown a bit. This is quick. This was going to be sharp. This was going to hurt. He was going to be straight to the point with them. They're just like the toddlers that want to argue with their parents, and that they can do it with them by themselves. They're focused on themselves, and they were very self-centered, just like babies are. These people are more concerned about what makes them feel good instead of stepping out and being God-centered people that we're called to be. Does it sound familiar? Are you scared to step out? Is it? I just want to point out that this was written about 2,000 years ago, give or take some years. It's not going to be exact, but a long time ago, and it still applies to us. It's still there. It's still part of us. We're still babies. We, our, our culture hasn't changed that much. Our, we're still humans. We haven't learned a whole lot. When things aren't going our way, we immediately go into arguing why we are right. And we say, listen, Linda, Linda, listen. Linda, 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 listen, listen. We're going to do it my way or it's the highway. I do this all of that. All the time, uh, I'm very, very quick to say it's my way, and that I'm right, and I know that I'm right. You can ask Christina, that's my wife, she will tell you all the time that I like to argue, and it's my, uh, it's my favorite pastime, to be honest with you. So, and I, w- I will say that I'm right, and... It doesn't matter who it is. I'm probably going to try to argue with them. But I want to think that I am mature 
and that I know what I'm talking about because it's just my nature. And then I read a passage like this, and God says, hey, look what you get to work on this week. Because he knows where I need to be and where I need to grow too. It's just me listening to him, right? Does this happen to anybody else? Just just me? Okay, cool. All right, let's move on. Uh, but, but seriously, Paul was not pulling any punches with these people. He told them uh, when he was teaching them in Corinth, he had to be careful about how he, he spoke. So... Paul is writing this letter to him. He was probably in Corinth a few years before that, and that's how he started when he started church. So this is a couple of years, two, three, four years after uh, he was he spent time in Corinth. So him coming back and saying, "Hey, you still haven't grown. You still haven't become spiritually mature. You haven't you haven't learned started to learn anything else." would have cut deep. It would have been sharp. It wouldn't have been easy for them to hear. It'd be like one of us and like, it'd be like me talking with Matt and he goes and tells me, hey, you haven't, you haven't grown at all. You have, you're, you're still the same, same. He doesn't do that. So like, let me preface that. Like, I feel like I'm starting to grow a little bit, but it'd be like that. It'd be like, you haven't grown at all. You're still a baby the same way that you were five years ago. It's not, it, was, it wouldn't be pleasant wouldn't be easy for me to hear. But he didn't want to pull any punches with them. He wanted to be straight to the point so they would get that wake-up call. So that brings me to the, uh, one of my questions for you. Are you still infants in Christ? Are you still babies in Christ? Whether you've been a Christ follower for a day a year, or 40 years, have you grown? Are we still on milk, or we have, have we moved on to meats and solid food? So I said this in the first service, and I'm going to say this again. If you're a vegetarian, I'm sorry. I talk about meat in this a little bit. I like meat. It's kind of something that I like to do. I like to eat it. So if, if I don't mean to offend anybody, but... So you understand what we're trying to talk about here. We're talking about protein. Is it making you grow? Is it, is it something that is, is strong? In you? I, I mean, I respect you guys a lot more. I, I just don't have that self-control to follow that meat. I have to have, have to have the meat. So, but are we still on milk like a baby? Or have we moved on to that solid food? Let's look at verse 2 in Corinthians. I had to feed you with milk, not with solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger, and you still aren't ready. So there's a natural time to be a baby, right? When a baby is born, it's okay for them not to be able to eat or eat any solid food. It's expected that they should just be on the milk and be able to just get those vitamins through the milk and grow with that right just like in real uh, with a baby it's okay as a spiritual follower that when you first become christ we're going to get to see that and experience that with a group of people that get to get baptized back here in just a few weeks 
And it's okay for us to be there. It's okay. That's awesome. That's great. But it's not the end game. This is not where we stop. This is not where God has called us to go to. It's where he called us to start. And now it's time to move forward from that. It's to grow. So in our spiritual walk, it's okay to be babies. It's okay to celebrate a birth or a rebirth of somebody in their spiritual walk. And it's a good thing to do, but we can't stay there either. We have to keep moving forward. We have to keep growing. We have to become stronger in God. So I used to always be crazy about kids, you know, like still love kids, still, still love them. They're great. But I used to also want like a huge family, huge family. Like I would, like I have a huge family now that, with my brother and sister, but I wanted to have like three, four kids, maybe more. And, you know, and then I had a daughter and uh, that changed things a little bit. Um, me and Christina were qu- quite the opposites. Uh, she didn't want a very large family. I wanted a huge, huge family. And uh, then I had, like I said, I had my daughter. And you know what? Kids are expensive. <laughs> kids are, kids are rough. Kids, uh, and now I'm, I'm more, I'm more leaning on, I'm good, you know? Like, one, one is fine, right? But just like those kids, like, like it's fun to watch them grow. It's fun to, to push them to go, and it's just like, it's our job as parents, just like as spiritual leaders, it's our job to help push these kids and make these kids grow, because it's not our, as a parent, it's not your goal to make, to bring them up to where you're at, right? It's not. As a parent, we want them, want better for our kids, right? We want something, something more. We want, we want something greater, just as spiritual leaders, we should be, we should want better for our kids that we're raising in Christ. When they start their lives with Christ, we want to push them not to where I'm at, but to 10 times farther. That's why I love seeing the kids in the youth group. They, they get to grow. They, they have a very good, like, spiritual leaders around them. And that they are growing far more than what you could expect them to, like where I am. That A lot of them are beyond me already. But Paul wrote this book to push us. He wrote this book to them, wrote this letter to them to push them into a new understanding of Christ and that we can't stay still. We have to keep pushing. We got to keep growing. And the way that they were acting and talking, they had not matured spiritually, and it concerned Paul. He desired for them to grow. He wanted them to be more mature than him. He wanted them to be past him and, and spread the word of God. And unfortunately, in today's world, there are still people that haven't matured, that have been in church for 10, 15, 20, 40 years and we haven't matured. And it's even to a point that it's not even uncommon. It happens a lot. We see it a lot. I'm not 
poking at anybody in here, so don't put put that. But we see it in all of our, all over our country that we've become an Americanized Christian. We've become a Christian that is only in it for the convenience. We're only in it for what we can get out of it. We're still in diapers. We're still bottle fed. And Paul, and Paul, and this is where they were. And Paul complained that he fed them with milk. For they were not ready for meat. That's what the first time he talked to them. And he was expecting them to be able to grow and be a part of something more. And be able to digest the meat that he has for them. That he wants to push them past where he was. So that leads me to your next blanks in your uh, worship handout. Do you drink the milk or eat the meat? Seems like an easy question, funny question to ask. But where's your walk? Are you satisfied with the milk? Or do you want more? Do you want that good food? Have we grown from the first time we accepted Christ as our Savior? Or have we stayed the same? Sure, we're not where we need to be. We're not, we're not where God wants us. But are we moving that direction? Because I'm going to tell you something. We, we always have room to grow until the point that we hit where God wants us to be. And that point is when we are in heaven. Because we're a perfect being at that point with him. And spending eternity with him. So our goal, our desire is to grow from here on out. And I struggle with this all the time. I'll tell you that I said that we're real people and I and I struggle there's times in my life that I look at myself and I can't I can't see real growth or there's times I can see exponential growth it's part of it it's part of uh the sinful world that we live in it goes up and down but the times that I see the most growth is when I have I'm out of my comfort zone right when I am pushing myself but too often, my comfort zone is the size of a Cheerio, and I'm stuck in there. God has given me the heart to uh, push and reach out to people and be able to talk with people, new people, uh, just make people feel like they are, are a part of something bigger than themselves, because guess what? We are. It's not just about us. It's about God and what we can do for his, commu- his uh, church. But I struggle with that. I'm a very much of an introvert. I'm a, I can be it by myself all the time and be just fine. I don't need, it. I don't need communi- uh, communication with anybody. And uh, so it's really funny for me to be up here or in my career that I, actually, uh, that I have outside of uh, church. Uh, I'm a, a manager, so I'm a supervisor at, at Walgreens. So, I get, so either way, all day, every day. Uh, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. I get to be in contact with people and get to be 
be around people, and it's my job to communicate with people. So God has a really good sense of humor with me that, that he would push me in that direction. But like I said, I like to stay in my comfort zone and my cheerio, and I can get caught up with uh, just talking with the same people every Sunday, right? I get caught up with staying say in my clique and staying in, in my little area and not talking with new people and not talking with people that just need some, some communication, that need some uh, people just caring about them and reaching out to them. And I get stuck. And I don't grow. And that's the times that I struggle the most with my walk in Christ. It's that I don't want to... I don't push myself. I don't see myself growing is when I want to be an introvert and stay in my little comfort zone. And that's where we get into being what I call Americanized Christian. We, it becomes easy for us. It becomes safe for us. We only rely on it when, it, when it's convenient for us. We don't want to reach out and we don't want to be a part of something, something more. We don't want to be, we don't want to help at church because it's not easy. It takes time away from what I want to do. We see in verse 3, we're going to see here in verse 3 that it's not just our society that's made it that way. Corinthians were in the same spot as we were. Verse 3. For you are still controlled by your sinful nature. You are jealous of one another and, and quarrel with each other. Doesn't that prove you are controlled by your sinful nature? Aren't you living like the people of the world? People who have, fought, who have chosen to follow Christ but don't grow are still ruled by the flesh. They don't. They don't push each other, they don't grow, they don't see spiritual growth. They'll say, they'll still have their little uh, temper tantrums, and they might say, Jesus is my Savior, but they don't live live like that the the rest of their life. They'll say it on Sunday mornings, but they don't want to touch it on through the week. They argue with everyone, they stir up problems with people, and they don't encourage people. And do you know anybody like this? And I'll I'll advise you before you start thinking of anybody else. You need to talk with yourself about it. Because I want to tell you right now that I struggle with some of this. I still get controlled by my sinful nature. I still cause, cause problems in, in relationships. I still stir up uh, issues that I should just leave alone. And I don't always encourage people. Just like Paul is calling out the people of Corinth, I think that we need a wake-up call. Uh, and I don't just point a finger here. I'm not pointing a finger at you because... Like Matt taught us uh, a few weeks ago, it, when you point a finger, you have what, what the three fingers pointing at it. See, the little difference here is that I was, I was taught that same lesson by my mom, but I was a lot more smart out than that. 
So I used to, so I, and you'll catch me doing it now that I point it out, but I like to point with my full hand. <laughs> so and if, when I point with my whole hand, I don't have any fingers pointing back at me. So, <laughs> but I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not saying, hey, you have to grow or you struggle with this because I struggle with this. I struggle with being controlled by my, my uh, flesh. And I will continue to struggle with that until the day that I die. But my goal is to be more like Jesus every day and struggle less every day and live like the people of the world less. Brings me into our uh, next set of blanks. Our first one, the signs of a carnal Christian. What is a carnal Christian? In my mind, I've heard this in a different sermon, and I really like the saying of it, so we're going to, we're going to use it. So carnal is the, like your flesh, right? So what are the signs of a Christian that is still ruled by the flesh? So I just really like the, the, the words of it. This is something that we can uh, bound off of and grow from. Uh, so the first one is envy. People who have not grown in their faith envy what someone else has, right? They want more. They want what somebody else has. They see something and they want more of it. They want more, whether it's a car, money, uh, power, whatever it is, they want, they want it, right? They, and it doesn't matter who's in their way. They're always looking for what they can get out of it. When they're asked to help at church, they want to make sure it's seen. They want to make sure that they're seen. They want to make sure that they are, they are part of the public eye because they look at church as a status symbol. They look at church as some, what they can get out of instead of what they can put in because, like I said, we're not part of these four walls where the big capitalist church see. We are not supposed to be what we can get out of it is what we can put into people. And whether that's helping clean the bathrooms or help it, helping with kids or being up here on stage playing an instrument. It's our responsibility to step out and help and grow the church and grow the people that are here. So in today's church, these people are the ones who are looking at, like I said, church as a status symbol. And when they can't get anything out of it, and they can't be the ones in charge, and they can't be the ones calling the shots, then they get argumentative. And that's our next blank. So that's a big one. So, uh, And when there's envy, there's arguments, right? They get, people get mad. People think that they're out, it's, they're missing out on something. Because they don't have what somebody else has. When a person is still young in Christ, they don't know how to love people and they don't know how to be a peacemaker that we're called to be as Christ followers. And I'm extremely guilty of this. Like I said, I, I like to argue. I like to be right. I like to know that I'm right. And uh, I don't love people like I should. I don't love the people I come in contact with that I need to. Uh, you can ask my wife, about 95% of our arguments, maybe closer to 99% of it is because we start our arguments is because I'm right. 
And I know I'm right. Guess what? I'm, most of the time, I'm wrong. I haven't always learned that, though, and I don't always live by that. So we're going to take a break here, and we're going to say, I want to say, if you're a guy and you are just now starting a relationship or you're just freshly married, uh, learn it quick, learn it fast that you're not right. And when you know that you're right, you're still not right. Just leave it alone. <laughs> but I don't, I'm just going to, I'm going to preface this. I don't live by this rule always. It would make my life a lot easier if, it would, if I did. But I just, I just try and give out some wisdom that maybe will help out somebody else because maybe they'll listen because they understand that they're not always right. But back to the uh, matter at hand here. Uh, we're still babies in Christ. We like to argue with little understanding. We like to be like the toddler, or like my kid. Uh, it might not be your kid, but we like to be like my kid that wants to argue with me about it not being important to go poop in the potty. I'm just going to tell you right now, I argue this. <laughs> Christina sat up here first service, and she about died. And it was really like, because it's something that we struggle with majorly. But we're just like that, like Cade, my daughter. I'm just like her. I, I want to argue and say that I'm right and I'm good. Like, I don't, need, I don't need your guidance. I don't need God's guidance because I'm right and I'm going to, and you're wrong. And we're just going to leave it at that. So we're going to go on first, uh, verse 4. And when we learn to know that we're arguing is not the way to the kingdom of Christ. We look at verse 4 and it says, When one of you say, I'm a Christ follower, or I would say, I'm a follower of Paul, another one says, I'm a follower of Apollos, aren't you acting just like the people of the world? So, Paul and Apollos, I'm going to let you in here that they're probably they probably knew who each other were they're probably friends and guess what they were doing the same thing so these people in Corinth that were part of this church there's church division 101 right here um this is what <laughs> church division is nothing new we're looking at it right now luckily Paul got, got part of it got a hold of it early and was trying to talk about it early but there was half of the church that was there and ha- half the people saying that they were, they were followers of Apollos and that they were going to follow what he says to do. And then the other half were part are all about Paul and saying, hey, we're going to follow Paul and that this is the correct way to do it. But what they missed is that they were doing the exact same thing. Paul says in another book that, that he, is a, he is everything to all people. So what that means is what we do, try to do here is we do everything short of sinning to reach people. And that was what Paul would do. He would make himself like the people that he was trying to reach. He, was, he would get down and he would get dirty. And like Mike used to say, do you sm- he, he would smell like the sheep that he was around. If you don't smell like, if you don't get that saying, if you don't smell like sheep when you're trying to herd sheep, they won't follow you. Like they won't be, they they'll just leave you out there, and they'll just go on their own way. But if you smell like them, and you are part of them, and you're part of their community, and you 
and that they see that you have the same struggles and that that you have issues and that you want to be closer and follow God closer, they'll follow you. And that's what both of these people are doing. They were both trying to be all things to all people. They were just salt in two different perspectives. And these people, being still babies in Christ, being infants, didn't understand that they needed to be, they didn't need to be like them, but they needed to be like Christ. And that they were just pointing them to Christ. The people of Corinth were being divisive because they didn't understand what they were being taught. That's your third blank. Divisive. They seek to divide the body of Christ. These carnal Christians don't understand what they're doing. They're always trying to form a clique and enlist others into their position. The people who divide the body of Christ are the poison. We see this more and more, more than ever today in our, and just in our society in general, not just even in our churches, but we see, we see political parties that divide the country. We see, uh, we see churches that, that push each other to different sides, that, that one side is more right than the other. And I'm going to tell you right now, as, as a Baptist, we are, if we think that we have it all right, we're going to be really surprised when we go to church, go to heaven, and we see that we didn't have everything right. And we're going to continue, because we're humans, and we're not going to get everything right. We're not going to get that until we understand and are part of Christ in heaven. The people of Corinth were doing this with the teaching of Apollos and Paul. So church division is not new. And we need to realize that we need to be less divisive and more like Christ and push towards a unification of everybody. So now you may ask... uh, how do we fight off these things? How do, we, how do we change this? How do we apply this and change? How do we become better? Well, first one. Walk in love. So this is, a, I believe, the easiest cure for everything. With, uh, with this, if we walk in love... We can't fight. We can't argue. We can't. We can't envy because we're loving the people. We are. We are part of them, and we want the best for them. Like I said, we don't raise our kids to be where we're at. We love them to the point so they can go beyond us. And if you love, you can't be divisive to the body of Christ. But you say, I can't love them because they offended me. Or they didn't. Oops, I dropped that. But they didn't speak to me or they they just ignored me. But you can't see that the problem lies in your concern for yourself. 
you know, concern for me. And look at the I in all those statements. And we worry too much about ourselves instead of losing ourselves in the, in the life of Christ and how he loves and learning how he lives and lived his life. And true spiritual growth can only come from feeding on the word of God. And it's getting that word of God into you. That's your next point. But you get the word of God into you. You have to form a foundation under you. After you become a, a Christian and, become, and you start your walk, you have to get into, learn, into Scripture and understand how do we do that. Well, I know it's, it seems like a long ways away, but January's not that long away, and we're probably going to start D groups up again. I, not probably. We're going to. We're going to have more. So that's something that we can, you can be a part of. That's a really good way that we just go through Scripture every, throughout each week. We do several chapters a week. And we go all the way through the Bible and understand. And we get to talk with other believers and just bounce ideas off each other. It grows us. There's small groups. We don't have them this week or next week. But in October we do. And that's another good way to understand and get to ask questions. Because coming here and sitting and listening to me or Matt preach is great and awesome. And like, we try to push the Christ and what the scripture means. But real growth comes from questions. From asking where we're at and where we need to be. And if we love like Christ, Jesus, we can't help but grow. We can't say infants because we'll want more. So I'll ask you again, how's your walk? Where are you at? Are you growing? Are you becoming more like Christ? Are you still a toddler arguing about everything that you have or that you can't get? Or have you grown into a spiritual giant? Or are you somewhere in between? If you're new to being a Christ follower, it's okay to still be an infant, still not to understand a whole lot. But I challenge you not to stay there. And if you've been a Christian for 40 years and you still feel like an infant, I challenge you not to stay there. Grow. Get in contact with with somebody. Help bounce ideas off. Read your Bible. Love people like Christ loved. Do we have the bags? A lot of pennies and nickels and dimes. $186.10. So about $93.05 per bag. Uh, Somebody want to give these away? And like I said, this is not like those, that number is not for what we can do or what we did or what not, it's but what God's doing and what we can do to reach people in a relevant way. If you want to just bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for the time that you got to, uh, we got to spend here with you, Lord, that we got to learn about you. Lord, I pray that, uh, 
we continue to grow and that our walk doesn't stop and we don't get stuck in our comfort zone that's the size of a Cheerio. Lord, I pray that we can uh, reach out and love people. Lord, I just thank you so much for everyone that came. And, and Lord, I just pray a special blessing over these uh, bags that go out, that they reach the people that they need to reach, that they, that they reach people that don't understand your love and that they can be a part of... They can, they can come and be a part of you, Lord, that they understand that you love them. Lord, just thank you for everything. Thank you. We love you. Amen.